What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the M&M Mondays podcast, newsletter, audio experience, the whole thing. I'm not gonna preface it too much, but I'm just really glad that you're here. And let's jump straight into the marketing section for all of you entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, any of the audience out there today. Let's talk marketing. I'm titling this work in public, and it's this hashtag that I've seen around and I was trying to figure out what it meant, but it's pretty straightforward. And so I have some ideas to share with you and how that can help you with your marketing today. Going back a few months, I had this manufacturing CEO named Jason on my Which Way Now podcast, which is another one. It's currently taking a break right now, depending on when you're listening or watching this. But I did this several months back and I asked him this burning question that I had. When building something as an entrepreneur, do you advise sharing as much as possible with the world, potentially even competition? Or is it best to keep your cards close to your chest until you have it fully figured out? Because I feel like I've heard information on both sides and compelling arguments as to why either one might be the better approach. But I was curious what he had to say, and he had some good insight that I'm baking into today's entry. And I wanted to come up with this calculated conclusion as to whether it's generally better to work in public and create in public. I had this gut feeling, but I wanted to be verified on it. And so to explain what working in public means, honestly, all it means is that you're sharing your ideas, your projects, your wins, and your losses with the world. You're just not being shy, essentially. Working in public is a huge key to unlocking the next chapter of your business, especially for newpreneurs, primarily solopreneurs. And here's my theory on this. I'll give you, I'll give you the goods right up front. Instead of saying hidden in the basement, working away until something is perfectly refined and polished, I think solopreneurs who work in public create conversations and generate new insights that relate to what they're building and the people they aim to serve. It's a very good thing. And in some cases, they sketch up ideas for products or services, and then they see what the world thinks about it before they even begin the build-out phase. And these players are those that are bringing people into the conversation as early as possible, as opposed to keeping them on the fences until the big reveal. I mean, think about it. Keeping everyone guessing as to what you're doing or working up is honestly a wasted opportunity to market and refine your ideas while creating new connections at the same time. And I feel like the people that do this the most, they're opting for this route because they're motivated by a concern that someone may steal their ideas, or they're just not willing to look like anything less than perfect to the outside world. And this is a more self-centered, self-conscious approach between the two. And for us solopreneurs, this is a huge no-no, especially for those that don't have much of an audience or an offering yet. Once again, these are great opportunities for us to be networking, creating connections, building trust, and we're gonna talk about all of this in a second, while figuring out what your people want. What does the audience care about? What product are they interested in and what are they not? You can figure that out on the front end and save you a ton of money and a ton of time. I think back several years, well, it's been a more than several years, in school, I just remember there's so many times where I wouldn't raise my hand when the teacher would ask the group a question because I didn't wanna look stupid if I gave the wrong answer. Keeping your ideas to yourself is the same kind of thing in my book. And if you resonate with those feelings and you're gun shy about sharing your work during the creation process, you're not alone. It takes a bit of courage to work in public, something I am developing constantly. You know, I don't have that nailed down. 
I just know it to be true because I've seen it happen so well for others. And I'm trying to heed the advice of people that are further down the path than I am with this. And if we get philosophical and kind of speak at it from that angle, working in public is really more of an others-focused approach where you're bringing the world into your process. But you have massive upside because you're equipped with a widespread of feedback that helps you progress the development with confidence. It's a true win-win. And here's a bullet point list as to why. So thinking about others for a second, working in public allows others to have a say in what the final product becomes, to see what's on the horizon for your business, and to be a part of your brand's story. It's this inner circle that they start to feel like they're a part of, and there's trust that comes from that. And trust is not something you can just purchase. Trust comes through hard work, real conversations, and being honest in who you are as an individual and as a professional. But then on the flip side, working in public affords you a lot of things. Honest feedback from customers before launching, an opportunity for good content that helps your marketing efforts. After all, we are talking marketing here. This is a huge content opportunity for you. Working in public also affords you an opportunity to generate hype and anticipation of something new that's on the way. It also affords you higher levels of trust, like I just mentioned, that are built with your audience during this process. It also affords you the chance to learn quicker while avoiding certain setbacks, keep more money in your pocket because you're not wasting money, trialing and erroring things as much. And obviously, it's an opportunity to build your audience because you're out there in front of people while other people are hiding away in the shed or in the basement and not telling anybody what their plans are or what they're thinking through. You're out there starting conversations. You're a part of the conversation. You become the thing that is in front of people. And that is a huge win. Don't hide. Be seen. Don't hoard. Share. Don't guess. Just ask. And don't assume. Verify. All of this can be done when you work in public. Also, a side note that's worth mentioning here is that you can do this gradually. You don't have to just go zero to 100. You were keeping everything to yourself and now you're just sharing everything with the world. You can just reveal or start conversations around elements of your business that you're trying to work through. If you're trying to develop an online course, for instance, reach out to your networks online and see what type of course they'd be interested in. If you have a list of a few, create a poll. You see that happen all the time. If you're anywhere on LinkedIn or Twitter and even some of the other social platforms, you see other solopreneurs, other preneurs, other creators doing exactly this. They're trying to collect feedback. And as a consumer, as an audience member myself, when I see this, I think, man, they're up to something really cool. I want to be part of this conversation. I want to be on the inner circle for this. And really working in public has just proven to be successful for so many, myself included. So start working in public. I encourage you toward it. Alrighty, now we're going to jump over to the mindset section, and I'm titling this The Most Important Leader. Starting with the question like I typically do, are you a leader? And should you be? Do you think that others see you as a leader? Do you see yourself as a leader? And is that on par with what you're supposed to be considered and how you see yourself as well? Leadership isn't just for certain roles on a team. Leadership is something for all of us to practice. We all need leaders 
and we all need to lead. As a solopreneur, it's your duty to lead even more so than corporate directors, managers, even CEOs. See, in corporate or bigger company environments, there are those tasked specifically with the responsibility of managing and subsequently leading a team. That makes total sense to me. We need those positions in those large companies. And so what happens is that then it becomes assumed that those people hired for those roles are just the leaders within that group. But the question is then, does that mean that everybody else, all the other subordinate positions, don't need to possess the qualities of a leader? My answer is no. They should still be responsible to lead, but it's in a different, and in many cases, a likely smaller capacity as well. For all of us one-person businesses out here, this is even more important. It is your duty to lead. And here are some quick examples of why. It's your duty to lead as a guide for your audience. Your audience needs to see you as a leader in some capacity. It's your duty to lead as an example for anybody that's counting on your success. And the first examples that pop in my head are kids and family. People are counting on you to thrive and even more so than that, just simply survive. And so it's your duty to lead those people. It's your duty to lead as a guide for younger professionals following a similar path to yours. Become that Yoda, become the sensei, become the, the guide, the teacher, the coach. And it doesn't mean that you have to start wearing this as some sort of title that now is yours, especially if that's not what you want, that's totally fine. But understand that every day that you're out there in the world, you're representing yourself a certain way. And people have impressions of who you are and who you're not. So it's important that we come across as a guide or a leader for younger professionals that are following in those footsteps. It's your duty also to lead as an advocate for your customers. They need to know that you have their back. And somebody that has somebody else's back, they're possessing leadership qualities in displaying that, in saying it, in demonstrating it. You're a leader. And lastly, it's your duty to lead as a support and an encourager for yourself. You are your own cheerleader. Kind of funny, cheerleader, it's got the word leader baked into it. Maybe it's just a funny play on words, but no, you gotta be able to support yourself. You need to be the person that can pick yourself back up off the ground, even when part of you or almost all of you is just in shambles. Simply put, everybody is counting on you. <laughs> no pressure, right? It's interesting though, because not many people are consciously looking to you to be their leader. But most, if not all people, are ready to embrace you as one if you're willing to rise to that occasion. Let me say that again. Most people are not living their life looking at you, Joe Schmo, Jane Schmo, Evan, whatever your name is. They're not looking at you and going, ah, he's supposed to be a leader, she's supposed to be a leader, or they're doing a great job as a leader, or whatever. They're not consciously really thinking about that. They're not looking for you to be their leader. But most people, if not all people out there, are ready to embrace you as one if you choose to rise to the occasion. Because people follow strength. It's magnetic. People want to be around success. They want to be around strength. They want to feel guided and protected and taken care of. And you can be that person for them. And it's not one of those things where you can only have one leader. It's not like you're pulling people away from somebody else that 
supports them or looks out for them. There's plenty of leaders out there in the world. There's so many people that I look up to in a lot of different areas of my life. Why not be one for your audience and for the people that are counting on you? This is the difference between good and great, typical and exceptional, a short spurt of success and a long-lasting impact. What does it mean to be a leader, though? Well, each situation will require different actions or character qualities to be tapped into. But here's a list of what leaders are. Leaders are brave, not timid. Leaders are kind, not conniving. Leaders are givers, not takers. Leaders are empathetic, not selfish. Leaders are honest, not manipulative. Leaders are meek, not weak. And lastly, leaders are strong, not commandeering. The highest warrior is the one with the deadliest sword that never needs to draw it from his sheath. If you want to truly progress to the next chapter in your journey, a large dose of leadership will be required. And no moment is too soon to begin sharpening these abilities. Think of one tricky situation that you're currently in. What would a real leader do? Go back to that bullet list I just mentioned just a second ago. Where are you? What would a leader do? Follow in the footsteps of leaders that you've seen demonstrate this well. Repeat this exercise over and over in every moment of your coming days and you will begin to chisel out the true leader that already lives within you. Be careful though, for the heaviest burdens are placed on the select few who can bear it. This is a badge of honor though. Embrace the struggle. Take pride in the story you begin to write yourself. And the best view from the mountain is always up at the top. And I will see you along the way as I continue on my path as well. Until next time, peace.